Welcome back to Real Big Mistakes, where we reevaluate a film's critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes and determine if the movies are better or worse than their reputation suggests. I'm Jason Konigsberg of PanandSlam.com. And I am Rich Tola. And Rich, you picked this week's movie, so tell us what we're going to be talking about today. All right, so this week's movie is Ghostbusters 2. Uh, from 1989 Um, and I chose this movie because it is rotten on Rotten Tomatoes and um, you know obviously Ghostbusters the original is you know one of the greatest 80s movies you know top of the of any 80s movies list Um, and it goes beyond that too but um, beyond the 80s but um, you know great movie classic movie and uh, this was the sequel five years after, and um, I figured it'd be a good one to talk about with Halloween coming up um, and a new uh, sequel to this movie coming out uh, in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with everything you said about Ghostbusters. This is absolutely one of the best movies of the 1980s, one of the funniest uh, comedies of all time and also it has a special place in my heart one of the best New York City movies of all time uh, mm-hmm. years ago I wrote an article about the best movies in New York City and I called Ghostbusters the best New York City movie ever made the way they use the city uh, it just it, you can't imagine it taking place anywhere else it, it's practically a character in the film I was just going to say the city is a character in the film basically yeah and the same could be said about 2 as well but we'll get into talking about 2 see Ghostbusters 2 is kind of in an interesting place in history right now because it's not nearly as beloved as the original but it's certainly not as reviled as the female uh, remake or reboot or whatever you want to call that one that we saw about five or six years ago. Uh, and I haven't seen it since, but I remember liking it. But it seems that it's just, you know, there's a lot of hate for it on the Internet. The uh, yeah the female Ghostbusters. The 2016 version. 2016, yeah. And then yeah. there's a new one, uh, yeah, like you said, yeah, and this one is going to ignore the, you know, the female re- remake, reboot, whatever that was. And uh, it's going to be a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 2. So mm-hmm. uh, it should be should be interesting. Um, not sure what to expect, especially since Harold Ramis uh, is no longer with us. But uh, Right. Hmm, whatever. It's certainly, and it's, it looks like from the trailers, it's not taking place in New York. So. No, that's what it looks like. And, um, but still, uh, I am excited to see it. Um, it seems like it's going to be, I mean, it's directed by the son of the director of this movie. So I think there's going to be a lot of love put into it. I, I sure hope so. Um, you know, I, I definitely, regardless, you know, I, I will see it. Um, not sure what to expect, but yeah, I think you and I both have the same or very similar passion and love for, uh, Ghostbusters, at least the original as being a huge movie of our, you know, childhood. And I mean, also I, anytime that movie's on, I could sit down and watch it and laugh and just enjoy myself. It's, it's pretty much a perfect movie, I think. So, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and you mentioned Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman, the director, and he's been a successful director in his own right. But did you know that uh, his uh, connection or his uh, part in Ghostbusters 2? 
Uh, I did. Yes, I found that out as we were researching this movie. Um, oh, I remember, and I as soon as I read who he was, I I knew the character. It, you know, okay, it's, yeah. I definitely remembered that person. <laughs> and and he also Ivan Reitman, as you know, directed many uh, big movies in the eighties and and nineties uh, comedy movies. He directed Kindergarten Cop. Did you know Jason Reitman had a small part in Kindergarten Cop? No, I don't remember him in that. He's he's the one when uh, when at, towards the end when Schwarzenegger opens the door and shows two kids making out. He's the guy making out. With oh, the, okay. Yeah, <laughs> he goes get out. We thought it was a fire drill or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that scene. But all right, so yeah, Ghostbusters two. I mean, well, we, yeah, we'll go go on with what you want to uh, talk about next with this. Um. Well, so we we talked about how. You know, Ghostbusters is a great movie and what this movie means to us. Um, I know, you know, the time that we were growing up, uh, we, you know, we were what one when the first one came out. So we obviously didn't see the first one in theaters. Um, the first thing I really remember about Ghostbusters, I don't know what, what I saw first, whether it was the movie or the cartoon. Uh, but I know I liked the cartoon as well. Uh, the was it the real Ghostbusters, right? That's what it was called. Correct. Yeah, that's right. And then it became Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. And once again, <laughs> I share we we had a very similar childhood in in that respect, Rich. Where uh, I definitely feel like I'm not sure which one came first, but I know I saw them a lot. I had the Ghostbusters movie on videotape, and whenever the Ghostbusters cartoon was on, and I'm sure I'm willing to bet we both had a lot of the toys, whether it was the action figure or the toy proton pack. And I mm-hmm. walk around the house and put the foam in that was supposed to be like yep. a stream <laughs> coming out of it. Yeah, uh, I had a Mr. Stay Puff stuffed uh, animal stuffed doll. I had, uh, I'm sure, I think I had a stuffed Slimer that glowed in the dark as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think we both probably had a lot of. I think I had the uh, like a Ghostbusters like uniform like onesie kind of thing where you had to you know put it all in at once kind of so yeah i yeah, had a yeah, lot yeah. of ghostbusters i think i had the ecto one the car i had the ha- hangout i had color forms and uh if you remember those uh that were ghostbusters so yeah i had a lot of the toys as a child and i think eventually that got replaced by ninja turtles but yeah there was a period in my life where I, it may have been He-Man, Thundercats, and uh, Ghostbusters, and I think I may have had more Ghostbusters toys than the other ones. Yeah, I had the Ghostbusters toys. I had the. I just told. I t- actually, I texted you recently. My parents are uh, just moved, and I had to clean out mm. the house, and I th- I got rid of my Ghostbusters firehouse playset, which mm. I got a lot of use out of. But I, I remember that being a cool toy, and I had the you know the Ecto one and. Uh, all the action figures. I had the outfits, like you said. Um, I never had the trap. I had a friend who had the trap, which I always thought was cool. I had um, the trap, and it was cool. You couldn't really do much, but whatever. You just throw it down and push. But you could like step on the pedal. button, and it you could opened, step on right? the the foot pedal, and it would open up. Yeah, and it, but it had to be hooked up right. And if it wasn't, you know, it was just an air thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I remember, but uh, yeah, I do remember that. Uh, yeah, just just and they had tons of merchandise. I mean, do you remember Shrinky Dinks? I think I had Ghostbusters yeah, Shrinky yeah, Dinks yeah. as well. <laughs> so now this is really if you weren't born or a child of the '80s, you probably don't know color forms, and you definitely don't know <laughs> Shrinky Dinks. So we're dating ourselves here, but that's just fine. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, basically it was a big part. You know, the cartoon came out in between the movies, I believe, um, and then after that. There was then the sequel came out um, mm-hmm. and 
Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but it seems like the se- the cartoon kind of influenced the se- parts of the sequel anyway. Um, mm. And we we could talk about that more. Yeah, later. I'm not I'm um, not entirely aware of that, but maybe uh, uh maybe I'm thinking of I can think of one thing maybe. Yeah, uh, there's a couple things, but um, you know, as it, but I think the main thing is probably, and we'll get into this as we start talking about the movie, but the the a little bit of a tonal shift from the first to the second, where I feel like the second one is geared toward kids a little more than the first one was. Yeah, well, you think about all the merchandise. It's kind of like Star Wars, I guess. Right, exactly. It went that merchandising route, and I think, you know... Now I'm thinking of another, you know, uh, 1989 movie, the original Batman, and then Batman Returns didn't go the kiddie route for the second one. It went darker, and McDonald's was outraged, parents were outraged, you know, that it was actually darker than the original, so... And then the third one is a... And then, exactly, so then Tim Burton stepped away, they got Joel Schumacher in, and yes, then they were significantly more family-friendly with uh, Batman Forever, and then by Batman and Robin, it was just a joke. Uh, So, yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 were were both big movies for us. Now, I remember seeing Ghostbusters 2 in the theater. Did you see it in the theater? Yes. Okay, all right. So that was was a big deal for me. I was very excited when I saw that in the theater. Yes, I remember it being like a big thing. Like, I I don't remember when it came. Do you remember what the month it was released or no? No, but from researching, the way you researched, it came out in June. It came out a week before Tim Burton's Batman movie. So it kind of was positioned to be the big movie of the summer. And it was. And when you look at when we talk about the year 1989 and the summer of 1989 in film. That was a record-breaking summer. Uh, Batman ended up being the number one movie of the year and of the summer, but mm-hmm. I mean, you had Ghostbusters too. And when we go through the list, you'll all be just well. Just go through, go through it now since we're talking about go it. go through it right now. Well, just the summer movies alone. I mean, just uh, all right. So the most important films. Uh, what one best picture that year was Driving Miss Daisy. Of course, a major Ugh. controversy. Driving Miss Daisy. You know, one and do the right thing, which was probably the most critically acclaimed movie of the year, wasn't even nominated for best picture. I think it got two nominations for Danny Aiello, the, the one of the few white actors in that movie, and uh-huh. uh, Spike Lee got a screenplay nomination. Uh, so those were two big critical movies of that year. But then, um, me personally, I would say the best movie of 1989 was Oliver Stone's Born on the Fourth of July, which we talked about briefly when we mentioned uh, Tom Cruise in the Top Gun podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's just a that's his best performance. That's one of his be- his probably his best movie, uh, one of Oliver Stone's best movie. But then other great movies from 1989, or at least significant memorable movies. I'll just make a li- just list them. You got yeah. My Left Foot. Field of Dreams, Henry V, Drugstore Cowboy, Dead Poet Society, Tim Burton's Batman, Roadhouse, Major League, <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2, The Burbs, which we talked about, uh, Roger and Me, Michael Moore's first film, Crimes and Misdemeanors, Say Anything, A Dry White Season, The Little Mermaid, so the Disney Renaissance started officially in 1989, mm-hmm. Casualties of War, Parenthood, Glory, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which we talked about in our Indiana Jones episode, uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, When Harry Met Sally, License to Kill, a James Bond movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, and then just other, just some comedy 
comedies to mention. You know, yeah, Weekend at Bernie's, Back to the Future Part Two, just so many great sequels. That wow, song. yeah, uh, Uncle Buck, Turner and Hooch. I'm mentioning because I know you love that one. <laughs> and uh, one last one. This one's just for me. Weird Al Yankovic's UHF. <laughs> wow, that's quite a lineup and and all in one summer. Oh, okay, that wasn't maybe the summer. That was the okay, year. Born on the 4th of July was the year. Do the Right okay. Thing. Do the Right Thing actually may have been summer. Driving Miss Daisy was, you know, December. Uh, Born on the yeah, 4th yeah, of July yeah. was late December. My Left Foot was late December. So some of those, you know, Oscar movies, the way it is. But, yeah, all together, what an amazing year for movies. Definitely. Yeah. Dead Poet Society was a summer film that ended up making enough money and had legs and ended up being a huge Oscar contender, uh later that year as well that got best picture best director Mm -hmm. best actor nominations for uh robin williams so yeah tremendous tremendous uh uh, year for film yeah and um so ghostbusters 2 a big sequel um you know like we said ghostbusters is a very uh high grossing film um i mean it was big time i mean the song um i mean and, and pop culture that yeah. movie it was, you know, it was huge. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the, the you know, the big sequel. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it, it, it's not a perfect movie and definitely suffers from, you know, the typical sequelitis. But, um, yeah, so we'll, I guess we'll start getting into it. Um, well, do you want to talk about the director yeah, and the l- actors? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, I'll, I'll read the uh, synopsis and then we'll talk about the actors. Um, so I think there is... Because this has quite a loaded cast as well. Yes, uh, I think there is. Yeah, so I'm reading this from I am from RottenTomatoes.com. So this is wrong, but and you'll see why. Uh, okay. After <laughs> after saving New York City from a ghost attack, the Ghostbusters, a team of spirit exterminators, is disbanded for demolishing parts of the city during the battle. But when Ghostbuster Peter Venkman, played by Bill Murray, learns that spirits have taken an interest in his son. The men launch a rogue ghost-chasing mission. The quest quickly goes awry, landing them in court. But when the ghosts turn on the judge, he issues an order allowing the Ghostbusters to get back to work. So that's a horrible synopsis, first of all. That is, that really doesn't tell you anything about the, the It tells story. you nothing and, about the movie. And, and the blatant lie, or the blatant mistake, is you say it. Uh, that it is not his son. It is no, not Venkman's son. son. Oscar uh, is not his son. No, yeah. and that's that's made very clear in the movie. It's they not make even, that like, very clear. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> uh, they feel like multiple times in this movie. Yeah, it's not um, even up for debate. So no, I don't know yeah, okay. who wrote that and why that's allowed to be there, but it's that's bad. Someone that was uh, half paying attention to the movie. It sounds like that's yeah, uh, yeah that, that's that's a bad one. Um, I mean, all right, well, we'll we'll, we'll get into it. what's the uh, tomato rating on this uh, movie. Uh, tomato rating is 53% rotten and 61% audience. Okay, so low, close, but kind of lower than I would have expected on both accounts. Yes. I do know that this got a thrashing from the critics when it came out. And I, I mean, I liked it as a kid. And it's, once again, it's really tough to, when your movie's Ghostbusters, okay, it's really tough to follow up. It's like, you know, Empire Strikes Back is kind of a miracle, or Godfather yeah. 2, they're kind of <laughs> right. miracles. Because, and especially back then, when sequels weren't looked at as now, I feel like 
more tender love and care goes into sequels than they used to put into sequels. So it was well, just you know meant to make money uh, and could just to continue a continuation of you know the story that didn't feel necessary. Um, so I, it's tough to top something like Ghostbusters, and I don't know if they really tried to. But there is a fan theory about this movie. I don't know if you found this. Through, I heard it years ago, but if you found this through your research or anything, no. I'll explain the fan theory at the end. Um, okay. I, I don't want to. I, de- I definitely don't want to mention it now. So, don't, all right, don't forget yeah. it then. No, okay, I'm making a note right to, to myself. All right, uh, um, so we'll talk about that at the end because otherwise it might ruin. We'll, we'll talk. I has to be all right, that's fine. at the end. All right, take it away. So keep going. So cast or director. All right, so cast. We have Bill Murray as uh, Peter Venkman, Dan Aykroyd as uh, Ray Stance, um, Sigourney Weaver is Dana Barrett, Harold Ramis is Egon Spengler. And Ernie Hudson is Winston Zeddemoyer. They are the main uh, Ghostbusters, all reprising their role. Plus, Sigourney Weaver is Dana Barrett. If I, I don't know if I said that one, but um, she's, you did. And, okay. and can I uh, can I say one thing now? I I, I know you 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 love movies, but I, I may know a little more about the history of cinema. So can I just get a little uh, um, um, intellectual here about the the main cast that you just mentioned? Do you want me to keep going with the others, or you want to talk about those? I'll just mention this real quick and then keep going with the others. Okay. Uh, The the Ghostbusters, and I never really realized this until uh, uh, Harold Ramis sort of confirmed it, but I I sort of got, I love the Marx Brothers. Huge Marx Brothers fan. Rich, are you a Marx Brothers fan? No. Okay. Well, anyway. I'm not not a fan of them. I'm just not a fan of them. (laughs) You just, okay, gotcha. You just haven't been exposed to their scene. Whatever. But anyway, Ghostbusters is literally a modern take on the Marx Brothers. You've got Bill Murray. He's literally Groucho. Uh, Dan Aykroyd is Chico, the fast-talking one. Harold Ramis is... Harpo with the big hair, the big head, and the gadgets. The the mute, like he doesn't talk as much. He's not mute, but he has the silly gadgets all the time. Mm-hmm. Winston Zedmore is Zeppo, the straight man. Okay, the sort of everyman. And Sigourney Weaver is Margaret Dumont, the woman that always in every Marx Brothers movie, she's always in them. And all these bad things are happening to her, and they're causing all this chaos and mayhem in her life. So that's what <laughs> that that and I I and I never realized. And they just took that Marx Brothers formula from Duck Soup and Animal Crackers and Horse Feathers and all the great Marx Brothers movies and updated it and added special effects and ta-da. So it's it's a masterpiece, but it's also a great you know milestone in cinema just looking back for if you know history of comedy cinema marx brothers they were the first you know maybe great you know comedian comic team in the movies and then ghostbusters sort of took their formula and updated it uh for our generation and future generations so i think it's phenomenal but uh yeah keep going all right yeah that's it that's a good piece of uh cinema history there and and that you know what you know their inspiration for this movie or at least for the the people themselves maybe not the content correct yeah and just like they're causing chaos and mayhem and they're they're always you know marx brothers they're always kind of because they were made during the depression most of their movies 30s and early 40s and it was you know they were going up against rich people so you've got you know the william mather they're going up against the establishment because ghostbusters is about four guys that just lost their job at the college their cushy job at college and they need to go out on business for themselves so what are they going to do they got to make money so it's got that working class you know depression era kind of uh, sort of that sort mm-hmm. of vibe working class uh, uh, 
things going for them where you're going to root for them because you want to see them succeed in that manner. And the same thing happens with the Marx Brothers with all the chaos that they would cause. All right. Um, so the most I know about the Marx Brothers is that uh, Indiana Jones's father should should have mailed his diary to them instead of Indiana Jones. <laughs> One of the best lines <laughs> of that movie. Another great 1989 movie. Another great yep. sequel from 1989. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You wouldn't bring that back here. I should have mailed it to the Marx Brothers. <laughs> that and when Sean Connery's shooting and he shoots out the back of the, the plane. Tail, yeah. the, the tail, yeah. The tail of the plane. He goes, I'm sorry, son. They got, they got us. us. <laughs> All right, what do you think he's going to apologize? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So keep going back with the cast. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rick Moranis is Lewis Tully. Uh, big year for him. I know you mentioned uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, one of my yes. favorite childhood movies. Oh, I saw that in the theater. That was yeah. an amazing movie. And that yeah. summer alone, he had Ghostbusters 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, two huge hits, mm-hmm. uh, career year for him. And he had Parenthood. Oh, yeah, he was in that, too, yeah. That came out that August, so, yeah, yeah. big summer for him. Yeah. I mean, great, and a great actor of the 80s and early 90s. Oh, um, correct. Yeah, I miss him tremendously. And it's, yeah, right? it's a shame that he no longer uh, works, but... Um, By choice. He chose not to. Right, um, right. And, and good for him. It's like, you know, we can't fault him, but, yeah, he was... Uh, I would have liked to have seen him do more. Right. Um, Peter McNichol is uh, Janos uh, uh, Poha. He's the doctor at the... Um, He's the head of the department, uh, the restoration department at the uh, museum um, that that Sigourney Weaver works at. I never knew he had a last name. Yeah, yeah, they say it in the film a few times, Dr. Poe. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, David Margulies is the mayor. He reprises his role from the first one. William Von Homburg is Vigo, well, the the body of Vigo, and he was voiced, uh, dubbed by Max von Sydow, Sydow, right? Max von Sydow, yeah, I, and I actually didn't know that was him until fairly recently. Like me too. Years, yeah, yeah me too. So, but I'm like, oh my god, it's so obvious when you. Yeah, now once you know. knew, yeah, uh, Harris Yolen, uh, you, you, I'm sure you know him from something else. At oh, least yeah, one other anything. thing. Well, uh, I think the recent, the listeners, the most recent thing that he's been in that a lot of people would have probably seen is Ozark on Netflix. Yes, he was in Ozark. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, so but he's a very good character actor. For yeah, him, I I, you know. I remember him from um, uh, Star Scarface. That's right. He was in Scarface. Uh, so he's the judge in this movie. Um, Kurt Fuller uh, plays the uh, mayor's like uh, maybe deputy or something like that, assistant, yeah. something like that. Assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Janet Margolin is the prosecutor, and did you say she- Annie Potts? Annie Potts, I did not get to her yet, but she okay. reprises her role as Janine. Yep. Um, there's a few cameos in the movie, which we'll talk about as we get to them. We don't have to say them now. Okay, you don't um, have to say all of them now. Yeah, and um, directed by Ivan Reitman. And I don't think there's anyone else important that I missed other than some cameos. Yeah, other than some cameos. Well, do you want to talk about the Seinfeld connection now or later? Um, there's multiple Seinfeld connections. Oh, well, I only know the one that I sent you, that I emailed you about, uh, so, um... So, Brian Doyle Murray is in this as uh, the psychiatrist at the end of the movie, and he plays the father of the bubble boy. That's right! I was like, wait, what is he in Seinfeld? That's right, he is the... It's the moops! (laughs) Yeah. Um, the other one that I know, and then you could, you could say yours, um... The other one I know is um, one of the guests on Peter's psychic, the world of the psychic. 
Yes. Um, he was plays Jerry's friend in one of the first episodes of the, yes. of the show. Kevin uh, Dunn, a very yeah, good Kevin character Dunn, yep. actor. I like Kevin Dunn a lot. Other uh, people may know him as the father from uh, uh, oh, Transformers. He's Shia LaBeouf's father in yes, the Transformers yes, yes. movies. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so that's, that's a notable role for him. And he's also in a movie that you and I both like that's directed by Ivan Reitman, Dave. Dave, yes, he is. Oh, he's a big role in that movie. In your favorite scene where he goes, yeah, go, 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 go. go. <laughs> and then Kevin Klein goes, go, go, go. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. I forgot he that. was in that. Yeah, he's in that. He was in Hot Shots. Um, That's right, he's in Hot Shots. He was Shots. in a, a TV movie about the Beach Boys, which I really liked, and he plays the father of the, the Wilson boys. Oh, I um, Murray Wilson, who was not a nice man. One of Um, my favorite movies, we mentioned mostly comedies here uh, with Kevin Dunn, or like lighthearted movies like Transformers, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was in It's Halloween Time, so I guess a horror movie connection would be appropriate. One of my favorite movies with him, a serious role, and he's actually really good and against uh, type in this. um, Kevin Bacon movie, Stir of Echoes. Did you ever see that? No, I know what you're talking about, but no, I haven't seen it. Really good ghost story. I highly recommend it. It came out about a month after The Sixth Sense, so it didn't have a chance at the box office or right. in, like cultural anything. It's, in my opinion, so much better than The Sixth Sense. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right, so that's another Seinfeld connection. And then the third one I'll let you say. The third one is Philip Seymour Hoffman has, I guess it's basically a cat. Not Phil. Oh, I said the wrong name. Yeah, Philip like, wait, Baker wait. Hall. Okay. Yeah. Phil, one of my favorite character actors along with the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. And they made so many movies together. Uh, Philip Baker Hall was in, um, was, was in this movie and he plays Bookman in Seinfeld episode. Yes, the uh, library. The cop. library. Yep. <laughs> so... And that was the one uh, scene in Seinfeld where uh, Jerry could not keep his composure. And I have always noticed if you do watch that, you can tell Jerry's laughing. He can't. Yeah. He can't. You know, he, Seinfeld wasn't the greatest actor. He was always aware of that, and maybe that's why he hasn't done much. You know, since Seinfeld, other than stand up. But uh, in that one, he's really can't keep his composure. Yeah, yeah definitely he's not. Laughing in every take. And I've read in interviews because I do really like Philip Baker Hall a lot. Uh, he said that was the one time he went to an audition and he walked out and he knew he had it he just like yeah. he absolutely knew he's like an hour later he got the call and he's like yep you're the bookman so yep yeah great great role great episode um yeah, yeah that would so be one of my favorite seinfeld three episodes. three along seinfeld. with bubble boy yeah three yeah. seinfeld alums okay yeah um at least and, and that's all i know of them I mean, there may be more hidden ones in there but those are definitely the three that i I noticed. The, um, the other guest on the couch is a famous, semi-famous actress, uh, Chloe Webb. Yes. Um, she was in uh, Sid and Nancy. She was in the, another Ivan Reitman film, Twins. Um, she, oh, she yeah, was, she was. Danny she DeVito's was, uh, girlfriend. In yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Kelly Preston uh, hooked up with Arnold Schwarzenegger in right. that, and she was paired with Danny DeVito, uh, his character in that. So, yeah, and she was also in... I don't know. I think you watch this show. Uh, Shameless. She was the mother. She was William H. Macy's ex-wife. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yep. so... Yeah, so very, very, very good cast. I mean, we we could talk about these... these uh, the main actors, at least, for a long, long time. Look at how much we're talking about the small yeah. supporting character actors uh, in this. Yep. Um, so, well, let's get into the movie. I mean, we don't have to talk too much. I mean... Uh, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, um, both Saturday Night Live alums, um, 
Harold Ramis, not Saturday Night Live, but he was he was mixed in with that group though. Yeah, SCTV. SCTV and of course, yeah. a writer, director, actor. I mean, he was in Stripes, another yep. Ivan Reitman film. I'm just as we're just having this discussion, I'm mentioning all these Ivan Reitman movies. He was a very big director uh, through for comedies throughout the '80s and early mm-hmm. to mid '90s. Um, yeah, so I, and Harold Ramis, I know he wrote Back to School, one of the best Rodney Dangerfield movies for sure. Directed um, Caddyshack. Directed Caddyshack. Yeah, he uh, directed and Groundhog course, Day. Groundhog Day. He's just comedy classes. Directed a movie that I really love, and I think you like it as well. Uh, Analyze this with Robert De Niro yeah, and yeah, Billy yeah. Crystal. He directed that. Um, he, and he direct, you know, like Ivan Reitman, they both directed some stinkers over the years, but for the most part, yeah, Harold Ramis, his great movies are incredible and you know same with ivan reitman so yeah all right um so let's let's start getting into the movie a little bit because we have a lot to talk about with this movie yes so. we do yeah this, um, we don't want to be here for five hours so right, we'll skip exactly. over talking about the careers of ernie hudson and sigourney weaver and <laughs> i don't right, know yes because um, there's, there's a lot to say about both of them as well yeah, yeah. um all right so Ghostbusters 2, five years later, the first image of the movie is five years later. <laughs> like, text telling you it's five years cool, later. I though. I like that. that I, I, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying, yeah. like, that's, you know, that's how the movie opens. It just says five years later. I always thought that the movie came out more than five years later. So, really, did they need to say that? No, because it was, a, like, timeline-wise, or time-wise, it was exactly five yeah. years later. Um, but either way, uh, five years later... Um, you see some slime come up uh, from underneath the through a crack in the sidewalk, and a baby carriage rolls over it. And uh, then you realize that it is Sigourney Weaver's baby, and she's pushing the carriage. And then she mm-hmm. stops to talk to somebody, and then the carriage kind of just takes off. She's chasing it through the streets of New York City. It goes across a f- lane of traffic and almost gets hit by cars multiple times and then eventually mm-hmm. stops at one specific spot in the middle of the street and she she gets her baby out and uh that's when you hear the uh ray parker jr song and you know the logo for ghostbusters although now there's a new logo mm-hmm. uh what do you think of the new logo with the ghostbusters 2 i'm okay with that you did you didn't uh, miss one thing that I think is worth mentioning in that opening scene. You hear the dialogue in the background of New Yorkers being mean to each other. And this was New yes. York in the 80s, the pre-Giuliani era. It, it was a dirty, ugly, it wasn't quite taxi driver, but it was close. Okay, it was closer to that than where Times Square is like Disneyland today. Um, so it, it was a very different time. And I think this was a commentary on New Yorkers being mean and nasty to oh, each yeah, other. Absolutely. And this was clearly a, a theme that goes throughout because you're hearing people arguing and just being mean to each other for no apparent reason, it sounds like. Right. Um, and and then Dana comes by and they're nice to her. Oh, because it's you, fine. And, you know, she makes some comment about being decent to people uh Mm -hmm. or whatever something like that and then of course all you know crazy hell breaks loose with the carriage you know rolling away and running after it and you think the baby's gonna die or something terrible is gonna happen to the baby um so i think it's a good intro uh yeah and i do like how they trick you because the the next scene go describe the the scene after that uh right after you see the ghostbusters logo with the two well what did you think of ghostbusters logo with the two i love the logo with the two um, I love it as, um, uh, you know, it looks great on a poster and I loved mm-hmm. it as a kid. I was like, Oh, look, like he's now he's, he's coming out of the, 
the uh, you know the little you know red whatever it is the red little red circle no smoking sign yeah yeah yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. and he's you know he's holding up the number two and uh, you know I thought it and was I very... kind of hoped maybe there would be a three and he would just hold up the number three yeah yeah there yeah, was yeah a right. third one. Um, so that, I, I thought it was cool for that, and I'll tell you why I don't like it later, but, um, so, you know, then it, it fades away, and then it, you know, you, it goes, you know, it fades into the, uh, Ecto-1, and the old logo on the car, the original Ghostbusters yep. logo, yep. um, and the car, and the Ecto-1 is driving, and it's, you know, smoking, and bad shape, and, uh, you know, these, they, um, you know, it looks like it's about to break down, and they go to a they go to a house, and they're talking to a sirens girl. on that. Yeah, and I yeah, feel yeah. like the Ecto one had a it had a very uh, um, distinctive siren yeah, sound to it. Yeah, so I always like that. Yep. Um, yeah, and it's it's it, I don't know what I guess it was an ambulance, right? Originally, um, yeah, like an old station wagon kind of ambulance. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not um, a, because not, the, not the modern looking ambulances. Right, right. Yeah, an old like. 50s ambulance Correct. um yeah because like the 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 thing they put their backpacks on the proton packs is like uh like a gurney mm-hmm. <laughs> um yes. they like wheel it, it it looks like they like, you know built customized it but that's basically what it is mm-hmm. um but anyway uh so yeah the original car is back it's looking bad uh they go to a house they're talking to the girl and the girl a girl that lives there and she's like oh well, it's only there? two of the. It's only yeah. two. Of the it's Ghost Ray Busters. and Win- Ray and Ray Winston. Winston, Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson. So yep. only two are are yeah getting out of the car and putting on their proton yep. packs. Yep, and then it's revealed that they're at a birthday party. They're not actually uh, getting you know hunting ghosts. Yeah, and, and it's up until that reveal where you see the kids because she's like, "How many are there?" Yep. Like nine of them, little ones or whatever. He's like, "Oh boy, that's yeah. gonna be tough," or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, "How how big?" And she was like, "Oh, this high, four feet or something like that." And he's like, "Oh boy," or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's it's it, yeah. the whole time they're hinting that they're gonna get ghosts, and then you realize, oh, it's just a birthday party. Just a birthday party, yeah. and no one, none of the kids care that they're there, and they all wish it was He Man, and um, you know they. So they uh, start. Uh, so then, the one kid who we mentioned earlier, Jason Reitman, is has a cameo in this movie as like a little uh, smart Alec who uh, says that, uh, oh, you know, my dad says you guys are full of crap, um, and that's why you guys went out of business and all that, you know, saying mean things. And yeah. um, and there is some exposition shortly after the party that basically they went out of business because the city or everybody they got, they were sued by every agency possible after the whole Stay Puft Marshmallow Man disaster because I guess they said it was their fault to begin with because they conjured him up. Um, so that kind of explains why they're out of business. They don't really say that the ghosts just disappeared. Um, so you don't really know like what's going on with actual ghosts, if they exist anymore or not. Yeah. Uh, but they do say that they were basically sued and, and have no money. Um, but, uh, they weren't fan. You know, nobody liked them at the party. Um, here's something I thought was interesting. So they play a song and they start dancing to it. The song they play mm-hmm. is Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. Right. So in the Ghostbusters universe, the song by Ray Parker Jr. exists. Yes. <laughs> that didn't Isn't that weird me. though? So no, they were that, that didn't bother me. They were no. that po- They were that popular in their own era that they that they had the song written about them, not as a movie, but as the actual Ghostbusters. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm okay with that. That never bothered me. It never bothered me until this time. Not that it bothered me, but it was just like, wow. Like, I didn't put two and two together that, like, they are aware <laughs> of the existence of this song. Like, we as the audience, obviously, we're aware of it because it's, it's <laughs> okay. in the movie. But they, as Ghostbusters, are aware of the existence of the Ghostbusters song by Ray Parker Jr. Just I guess I never thought about something it too to think much. about. It's just a good song. Okay, yeah. yeah, I never thought about that. So okay, I didn't Does, until this time. Anyone else that's thought about that is a good or bad thing. I have not. I I did not research that or look that up. I literally was just watching. I was like, wait a minute. How do they? How this song exists in their world? I know it exists. Yeah, they're in our not world. breaking the fourth wall. They're just yeah. They're just dancing to the Ghostbusters song with party hats and eating birthday cake. Yeah. And see them. Yeah. I don't know. It's it was an exposition scene. They they you yeah, know, know manipulated the audience into thinking that it was something else, and then we realize okay, they're out of business. These two guys are together, and they need money. So, yep. but and then obviously they... you know what's going to come next is we're going to find out where are the other two Ghostbusters up to. Yes. So, um, well, they all have I guess their own jobs. Ray owns a bookstore. We don't know about Egon. Egon, of co- I mean, no, sorry, not Egon. Uh, Winston. Uh, Winston, of course, is the, you know, the black sheep, no pun intended, of the group. And um, he just, you know, we don't really know too much about his backstory. All only thing we know about Winston is that if there's a steady paycheck involved, he's in. I'll believe um, whatever you say. Yes. <laughs> That's the line yeah, from Ghostbusters 1 where yep. Janine is interviewing him and like naming. All, Do you believe in ghosts, poltergeist, the Loch Ness Monster and the uh, lost city of Atlantis? Yep. <laughs> he's right. I'll believe anything you say. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so that's really all we know about him. So we don't know what he's doing on the side. Ray owns a bookstore. Peter is the host of the World of the Psychic, which is uh, some horrible TV show. Probably cable <laughs> access. Looks so bad. Yeah, it looks terrible. <laughs> Hairless cats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, I always thought that was. A and that's a thing. whole episode. They have a whole episode on hairless cats. Um, <laughs> but um, so he's got these two people on his show talking about the end of the world and. The one guy is, <laughs> I, I love that scene. I, I think it's funny. Um, oh, I do. Yeah, Kevin Dunn. And, Kevin uh, Dunn when he's Chloe like, Webb. yeah, they're both. Oh, yeah, he's almost funny. crying when he says yeah. that when the world, the end of the world is going to be, and he says, "Well, I hope, hope you're right for your sake. <laughs> <laughs> you're not even going to get paperback sales by yeah. then." <laughs> Um, and then the other one who was just clearly drunk and met some guy at a bar that told her he was an alien <laughs> to sleep with her. Probably. Um, uh, it might've been, it might've been a room at the holiday Inn in Paramus, but it could have been a spaceship made up to look like a room. Um, yeah. So that, I thought that was funny, that whole scene, but, um, yeah, and then that, the, right after that, we see our first glimpse of the mayor and, uh, we meet, uh, Kurt Fuller, right? Yes, uh, he says hi to the mayor, who's just walks by him and basically blows he kind him of off. ignores him. Yeah. yeah, and then Kurt Fuller stops him from going further, puts his hand on him. Now, Kurt Fuller, I guess we could talk about him. I've seen the man in three movies, and he has played the same character in every movie. What else have you seen Kurt Fuller in? So I feel like I've seen him in a lot, but I can't think of what, and I didn't look it up. I, the only thing I know for sure is Scary Movie. You know what? I didn't realize. I don't. I saw Scary Movie once in the theater, and I think that was pretty much it. Um, but uh, who was he in Scary Movie? He was the sheriff, and there's a funny scene. I know you don't. I know you're really not a fan. Well, of he that wasn't movie, Doofy. No, so no, Doofy he, was the deputy. He was he Doofy's was, boss. He was Doofy's okay. boss. Oh, I don't. And that. Uh, there was one scene where he's like, he shows the girl. Um, some pic. He was like, "I'm gonna show you some pictures. Just let me know what you think." And it's like pictures of him in like a little bikini dancing around a sprinkler. 
I don't remember that. It was, okay. Yeah, I thought it was. I, that's not but, a movie I'm as familiar with as, as maybe I should be. I should give that another chance. Yeah, I think you should. I like um, it, but okay. But the other two movies with Kurt Fuller, where he plays the same exact part he is in Ghostbusters Two. I guarantee you've seen one of them, and I'm pretty sure you haven't seen the other. Uh, Wayne's World. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yep. <laughs> He's like the production is yep. with their same counting. role. Yeah, same exact same role. role, identical. Okay, and then the other one, he's a TV executive. Same role. The Hulk Hogan movie, No Holds Barred. Definitely did not see No Holds Barred. Not I've seen some movie. Hulk Hogan movies, but not that one. <laughs> this one is it makes Suburban Commando look like uh, Ghostbusters. I'll <laughs> say that. Okay, it's it's not, but he's the same bully, smarmy, you know. Yeah annoying guy uh so yeah same and that came out 19 1989 as well it was a big flop uh but that came out you know in the i believe early summer of 1989 no holds barred so mm, yep all right um yeah so he he's you know basically hates the ghostbusters doesn't want them talking yeah. doesn't want him talking to the mayor right um yeah so he's introduced as kind of like a a, a bad guy right from the start yep uh, Egon is doing some kind of, um, I don't know, some kind of tests, which I guess are important to the plot of the movie. Uh, I didn't get the, the jokes of the tests that he was saying about negative energy yeah. as a kid, but now I think it's hilarious. Yeah. They <laughs> we're telling basically... this couple they're here for marriage counseling and they have to wait. Now we're telling them they have to wait for another hour. Yeah. <laughs> and they start yelling at the guy. Um, <laughs> they're yelling at each other. You yelling, see them through like a glass, yeah. you know, mirror, whatever window, uh, you know, one, one-sided mirror. They're yelling at each other and then this assistant comes in and tells them it's going to be another hour. And yeah. they yell even more. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So he's doing studies on how negative, you know, uh, the negative environment has an effect on something. I don't know. Some something negative energy. If that negative can energy affect affects the environment. The environment. Yeah. So which, if, <laughs> which is basically the plot of the movie. But um, that is true. Yes. <laughs> so it does. It does matter somewhat because um, it kind of gives a backstory that he's already looking into this. And then there's the positive one with the cat or something. The right? dog and the little girl. The little girl is played by Ivan Reitman's daughter, Catherine. Oh, Reitman. I didn't know that. And okay. the only reason I even know of her existence is because she has a show on Netflix called Working Moms that Kristen used to watch. What is um, her first name again? Catherine. Catherine Reitman also has a recurring character in one of my uh, favorite shows that you don't watch. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, she's on that too? Uh, five episodes tops, oh, okay. at least three. Yeah, she's yeah. one of the. She's the ex girlfriend of one of the. Um, gotcha. I like the show. She, I, I had. And when she gets it. married to someone in the woods, that's one of the funniest episodes. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I don't know. I just wish you. I feel like I reference that show a lot, and you don't. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen. I've seen a handful of episodes, and I've liked the ones I've seen. I just. Not not sure you go out of your way, way to watch, watch it. Well, yeah. it's on Hulu, so you can watch it there. But uh, it's it's he it's you being a South Jersey Philly sports fan. Well, kind of, kind of Philly sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you might get some of the jokes and references, maybe even more so than I do. So it's it's definitely a very good. You can tell the people there really know Philly and really know South Jersey. Nice. So, All right. And Danny yeah. DeVito's in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Of course. Um, all right, so um, that's Egon's backstory, and then, like we said, uh, Ray owns uh, a bookstore. Uh, I think it's called Ray's Occult, so it's like 
weird books. Um, And then um, Dana is a uh, working at a museum, uh, a made up museum. Um, and that's one of the beefs I have with this because the first movie was so in New York City it was such a vital role. Why could they, I guess no no New York museum wanted their name on this movie? I don't yeah, know. The Guggenheim, the Metropolitan yeah. Museum of Art. There's tons of the uh, MoMA. There's tons of great you know New York museums. I just named three of the most famous Museum right. of Natural History. You know, uh, but there's tons of little ones that I can't even think of the names for. So yeah, that is something that irritated me a little bit. Yeah, me too. Because it's, I think it's called what the Manhattan something. Manha- I, I don't, don't even know. remember. I don't know. They, they, they the do name. say it, yeah, but it's it's know. definitely okay, made yeah. up. Um, it's not a real museum. So she's working there as a restoration, doing restorations. Her boss is Peter McNichol, who is um, from uh, Carpathia, I guess. Um, do they uh, say just some sort of generic Eastern Europe? They don't. Country? They don't, don't say, know. but I read that he Peter McNichols kind of made up that he was, and that's why he painted Vigo, uh, or why he took so much care of. Vigo. Yes, I, yes. He didn't paint it. Yeah. Oh, he didn't paint and, it. I thought he did. Did I? No, that's quite an elaborate painting. Um, well, it is. Yes. <laughs> now, can we talk about the Vigo painting? Is now a good time to talk about that? Yeah. So, well, it's kind of it's it's it's. Uh, visible here when he first um, they first introduce him um, they ask they ask where he's from at one point and all he says is the Upper West Side <laughs> yes um, they do it's funny yeah yeah um, but yeah so the painting is a, a, a painting of Vigo the Carpathian um, who was a, a, an awful person there's a lot of exposition about him throughout the movie yes, yeah. Um, but yeah let's talk about the painting I, I know you have some strong feelings toward this painting well, the first time I recall in my life, it's a month of horror movies, and Rich, if you've listened to this podcast, you know I love horror movies. This is the first time that I can remember in my life being scared by a movie. First of all, that painting is pretty darn scary, if you ask me. To mm-hmm. my six-year-old little mind, with like the, the even just the the figure of him, and then the 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 back and behind it and like you know looks like blood flowing underneath i don't know what it was something about that painting scared me and then the scene where we're about to you know mention it i guess where after janos is done talking to dana and asks her out and she says no and he walks away or whatever you see vigo's face come out of the painting i was a six-year-old kid and i was like Paintings can do that? I was like, what? I didn't know they could do that. What the heck? You know, just mind blown by that effect or just that concept. And that definitely was the first time I can recall being scared from a movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I I never, I don't remember being scared of the painting in this movie, um, I do remember thinking it was cool and a little freaky when his head kind of like come, when the painting kind of comes like 3D. Yeah. Um, when his head, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. Um, I don't really remember being scared of the painting um, or the character himself. And I think that's, you know, when we get towards the end of the movie, we can talk more about that. But um, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think it's a good painting, and it is. You know, uh, uh, it's memorable. Even it's if you don't think it's memorable. scary, it definitely leaves an impact. Yes, yeah. and and um, you know, then the, the other pictures they end up finding when they 
when they develop pictures of it and it's like his face with a river of blood and you know i thought yeah. remember thinking all oh, that was cool too oh um, yeah yeah definitely uh, I do remember being very scared at this movie uh, at a certain part, and we'll get to it soon, and I'll I'll talk about it. But um, okay. yeah, I, I I don't remember being frightened by the pick by the. Pic, I guess by the the, the part that scared me the most. I don't know any other scenes coming up. Whatever scene scared you, you can share when we get to it. But the the first time I recall being scared by a movie was Vigo's face coming out of the painting. Okay, and thinking, whoa, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know that can happen. Whoa. Yep. So, all right. Um, so uh, they so Dana calls. Um, she goes and visits Egon and talks about what happened with the baby. So they they you know they go to the house to her apartment. Uh, she doesn't want Peter involved, but he figures out what's going on and comes with them anyway. Um, and then we oh, find you out. You skip the scene where they they where he finds out that Dana was talking to Egon and Ray, and he twists Ray's ear. Right, in the yeah, he pulls his ears. <laughs> yeah, at the bookstore. That's how he finds out. Yeah, that's a funny scene. I yeah. thought. So yeah. Um, and he he goes there to get some book, and I forget what the book was called. Something about like being getting rich and famous, uh, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Egon right. says, "Good luck with that." <laughs> Yeah. Well, I do remember the name of the book that they uh, use, say they're going to look and research uh, for Zool in, when they're trying to help Dane in the first movie. Tobin Tolkien, Spirit Guide. Tolkien Spirit Guide, yep. Yep, I remember that too. We um, both remember the Ghostbusters, the original, very yeah. well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so, he, so they go to Dana's apartment. Peter ends up coming with them. Um, you find out that they broke up. Um, he... Uh, I don't know if they say exactly when, but they, they broke up. Then she met someone new and got married and had the baby. So very clear that it's not Peter's, uh, Bill Murray's baby. Very clear. Um, the the and, guy's gone. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. And then he, they divorced. Um, and then they just, they haven't been in touch since for a while. Um, but he, you know, they talk a little bit and you can tell it's a little awkward. Um, yeah, there was a good scene when she goes to visit Ray, and he's using something to measure the feelings of the people or whatever. And uh, Dana Barrett, Sigourney Weaver, she goes, "Does Peter ever ask about me?" And he like scans her when she's looking the other way with his uh, Egon, yeah, Egon, Egon yeah. with whatever device he's looking, he's working with. Yeah, yep. Egon always has a gadget. He always has something. Yep. He's the one with the PKE meter when they're in the library in the first movie. He's always got some sort of gadget. He has the the light. The oh, headlamp. I know you hate headlamps. He has the headlamp when he's uh, talking to Dana, and then it's right in the camera's face, and you show Bill Murray, you know, kind of trying to signal it to take it off. Yeah, so he yeah, always yeah. has a gadget. He always has some gizmo or something. He's the Harpo Marx of the group. So. Yep. Um, yeah. So they're at the apartment looking around. They they're trying to find um, any clues or anything about what's going on. They don't find anything. Um, Peter says. <laughs> Uh, or Egon says, I'd like to run some gynecological, gyne- gynecological tests on the mother. And Peter goes, who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't get that when I was six. No, me neither. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was funny, though. Um, this time around, you know, I, yeah, I remembered. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was funny. Um, so, wait, who did you say um, the Marx brother is that's Egon? Harpo. Harpo, okay. All right, the never mutant. mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then uh, they, they decide to go to the street where the baby stopped and they're getting all kinds of high readings on their little gadgets. Um, so they're like, well, what does that mean? And then it cuts to them drilling into the street. 
um, with yep. a jackhammer. Um, and I, I love this scene. Um, Me too. This is a great scene. Yeah, the cop pulls up and he starts asking Egon. Egon's by himself because the other guys are getting coffee. Um, uh, boss! Yeah. <laughs> <he> say that? <laughs> How's it cutting? Oh, it's cutting good. Why are you cutting? Why am I cutting? <laughs> boss! <laughs> um, he's like, why are you guys down here? Oh, because some diaper bag downtown told us we got to work on a Friday night. Am I right? <laughs> he's like, yeah, you're right. Is he right, Ziggy? And Egon just goes, yo. <laughs> yo! I love they put the fist up and goes, yo. <laughs> Uh, Bill Murray's great in that scene too with his they fast both, talking. Yeah, they all are. <laughs> Didn't yeah. I tell you we're looking drilling for this? It's a pipeline. <laughs> so, like he changes his story like three times in thirty seconds. Well, that's what, yeah. When they come back a second time when, with a gas with a, somebody from Con Ed, he's like, "The phone lines are over there." What did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> Con Edison, by the way, for those that are, may not be from this region, uh, that's the electric company of New York. City, or at least it yep. was, uh, yeah, the, the the main, like the, you know, the electric company that powered New York. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, so then, uh, so they're drinking, digging in the street, um, they decide for, you know, they all, it's kind of a play on the scene from the first one, where it's like someone's got, I think in the library, right, like somebody had to go talk to the ghost, um, mm-hmm. and they both looked at Peter, um, yep. and then uh, in this one, Right, you know, they say someone's got to go down there, and they both look at Ray. Yeah. Um, and then Ray goes down and uh has to go down. They they kind of um uh hoist him down on, on this little uh, I don't even know what it was, what it is, but like a um, like a like a, a, a winch, a yeah, winch, yeah, 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 winch, yeah, yeah, from exactly. a car, and yeah, yep. this kind of thing. And they're hoisting him down, like it's hooked, they got a hook hooked to the back of his suit or a harness, I'm not sure, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so um, they do they do that, and um, he uh, as he's going down, he comes into he finds the um some uh, he calls it the old pneumatic transit system. Did you look into that at all? I did not. Do you I know did. anything about? Yes, that? Okay. I've looked. I've looked into that multiple times because every time I watch this movie, I look into it because I'm just I want to know more about what the, what it was. Yeah, Rich, I will commend you on your your knowledge of your history of New York City. Is, is <laughs> you're very no, and I I like to pride myself. I think I know a lot about history and the history of New York, especially. But uh, sometimes you definitely you've you've impressed me, or you've you've you know. Definitely taught me things over the years with in that oh, particular right. category. I think so. Oh, interesting. Um, um, yeah. So yes, he. Uh, so Alfred Beach made a pneumatic transit system. Uh, pneumatic is basically like you know the uh, you know the, at a drive-through at a bank um, when you um, put you know the money into the tube and you press the button and the tube shoots over to the where the cat. Yes, the, that that's basically the same same idea. Uh. Um, so they were doing that with a, with cars through tunnels. Um, have you been to a bank? I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're referencing. Um, so they, um, that's a little inside joke there. Um, they, uh, so he, he kind of, this, this guy Alfred Beach made a pneumatic transit system using that kind of, uh, idea. Um, it wasn't like licensed by the city or anything, so he wasn't supposed to do it. Um, and it was underground. Um, and it was only like two blocks long or something. It wasn't long. Um, and it wasn't even, I, I, from what I've read, it wasn't even where they were digging. So they just kind of like, oh. took the, took some liberties with that. But, but it's um, based on a factual thing, which is, it's it is better than the museum part. Okay. Yes. That, that sort of the, the, the research that you just, that they did here. 
I think sort of makes up for the fact that no museum wanted to be filmed at that uh, yeah. being haunted by ghosts or whatever, messed up by the Ghostbusters or the film crew, whatever the reason is. So that is interesting. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, so um, the only thing, again, a little the history-wise that doesn't add up is it was it was found in like 1912 or something when they were building the actual subway system, and it was, you know, they found it like perfectly intact. Like there was a car there, there, there was a little station with like candelabras and everything, um, and, and uh, uh, you know, obviously they had to destroy it because of they needed, you know, they were putting the actual subway there. So it does not still exist somewhere below oh, the city. okay, um, okay. But... Still a cool idea and cool That's piece a cool, of New they York took history. Some historical concept yeah. and put it in there. That's yep. I'm I'm impressed. I, the, kudos to you for doing the research, but uh, that's uh, okay. Kudos to the screenwriters, I guess Dan Aykroyd and uh, Harold yeah, Ramis for knowing for, uh, that that knowing that and putting in Ivan Reitman. Yeah, for putting that all in there. So um, yeah, yeah so they that. find that like a little station there, and there's a river of slime. Um, you pink know, slime. Pink slime. I feel like it was river. green in the first movie. In this one, they yep. went for pink. A yes. pink, gooey slime. Um, he's dangling there, and he gets a sample of it and wants to be pulled up, but then the other guys are dealing with the cops who are back, and they're questioning what's going on. So, uh, you know, the the slime starts, like, reaching out for him and try, grabbing mm-hmm. his feet. Uh, then they realize... Some early CGI effects yeah, there. yeah. Then they realize that he is calling for help, so they pull him up really fast. And in his uh, uh, franticness, he uh, kicks a pipe, which knocks down another pipe. And then, just like that, all of New York City shut down, power-wise. And that's one of my biggest problems with the movie. Yes. That one little pipe is going to shut down all the power in Manhattan? I I wrote that, too. The five boroughs? (laughs) Yep, I said one pipe shuts down the entire city of New York. Um, that's pretty bad yeah and i remember thing i remember watching this with my cousin at her house um and my other cousin's husband was there and i remember her going like how how did they do sh- film that scene and the guy was just like computers <laughs> like that's all he said um and I, as a kid i was like computers <laughs> but um computers like the, can do that yeah that's the scene a where, like, Simpson reference yeah the scene where like the the they it's a new york city skyline basically like little by little just the power going out um pitch black yeah yeah and then they show uh sigourney weaver sigourney weaver's there and and janosch comes to her so we haven't mentioned i skipped over the part that janosch is like painting vigo's touching up vigo's eyes and gets zapped with electricity and vigo starts talking to him and telling him that he needs a child so that he can live again and um janosch is basically going to be his puppet um and I, I always the the scene where he goes a child, a child, a child, <laughs> and then he gets zapped, <laughs> and he gets zapped more. Yeah. He's like a child, got it. Well, uh, every '80s movie has that blue electric uh, electricity yeah. zapping. They had it in it's Emperor Palpatine in yep. uh, Return of the Jedi. Ghostbusters one had it when Gozer mm-hmm. uh, zaps them up on the rooftop. Uh, and then they have it again here. So, yeah, very typical. Um, and so then he goes to visit her and just to see if she's all right. And then afterwards, his eyes turn into uh, like flashlights. I yeah, guess. I remember it's, I had... It's kind of a cool... That's a cool image. It is a cool image. It's very unnecessary that that even had to happen. But it is... That it was is a, also it, true. It, it was showing cool that he's possessed or that he has some supernatural abilities. Um, Peter McNichol now. 
Very interesting. Uh, what other? I've only seen him in two other movies off the top of my head. I can name. What else have you seen Peter McNichol in? So I remember he was in the show Ally McBeal. Don't ask me okay, why. Okay, that I is that. true. Yeah, I um, for the same reason. I I know that probably for the same reason you do. It just we were alive and watched TV in the nineties. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, Kristen watches um, Grey's Anatomy, and he is in that. Didn't know that. Okay. Um. And I remember, I know that he is in Adam's Family Values as the camp counselor. Yes! Okay, so three movies I know with him besides that. Adam's Family Values, he is very funny as the camp counselor. Him and, oh, the woman, she's famous. Yes. Uh, Christine Christine Baranski. She's yes. been in a ton yep. of TV shows and yep. movies. She was the, They're yeah. the two, you know, happy yep. camp counselors. Yeah. The other two movies I'm going to mention, one, I guess, fits the comedy, you know, mold, like kind of like Kevin Dunn, where he's mostly known for comedic acting. Uh, It was Dracula Dead and Loving It. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. He He was was Renfield. Yes, yes, yes. In Mel Brooks's worst movie, his last movie. uh, He's still alive, but sadly, this is his last He was like Igor, wasn't he like Igor? I thought he was Renfield, but Igor, I don't know. It's it's a I've, that's another movie I don't think I've seen since the theater. Yeah. Uh, that was an awful movie, um, but uh, he was in that. And then really weird, early 1981, 82, whatever year it came out, he had a really good dramatic role uh, opposite Meryl Streep and Kevin Klein in Sophie's Choice. I don't oh, okay. know if you ever saw that. Yeah, no, I, terrific I no, acting. I it's the like I can't believe like he's he's really good. It's a very completely different. It's like going from Ghostbusters and Dracula Den loving it to Born on the Fourth of July or Schindler's List. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really about surviving the Holocaust, and it's it's very dark and deep and sad and yeah but uh he's he's in that so that's the it's just like really weird like he's in that movie and then all these other silly comedies yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah okay so interesting yeah i guess his career i don't know didn't amount to what it could have or should have or who knows but no i I guess he's just you know character actor um Yeah. yeah so he so yeah he's basically becomes vigo's lackey um yeah, one one line knocks out all of New York City. So then he had, like he has glowing eyes. Then the, then it, then we go to the courtroom scene. So now it's it's you know they're they're in front of a judge for yeah. this uh, is one of my favorite scenes of this, the movie. To me, this is the best scene in the movie. Yeah, um, personally, um, the uh, d- the judge bl- played by what's his name Harris Eulen. Harris Eulen, yeah, great great uh, job as the judge. Um, my one beef with this well, scene. Well, Rick Rick Moranis shows up as their attorney. Rick Moranis so is an yeah. accountant who's now an att- uh, uh, I don't know. An, well, an he, attorney. he and he doesn't want to be their attorney, and he goes, and he goes to Ray. Uh, uh, I, I I shouldn't be your attorney. I only went to night school, and Ray goes, "That's okay. We were arrested at night," and then puts his head down. <laughs> And Bill Murray's telling him what to say. Oh my god, that's such a great saying. scene when Bill Murray's <laughs> really basically funny. just whispering what to say. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just saying it. It's really <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that and and yeah, just he he's basically, you know, doesn't know what he's doing, but he's their attorney. Um yeah. oh, he talks to the judge and he's like, once I turn into yeah. a dog and these guys helped me <laughs> and the judge's face is just like, <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, great scene. Um, the only beef I have with the scene is prior to the 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 trial starting, Winston is up there talking to them, and then he just disappears. 
Yeah, that's true. That's he, bad like, writing. They yeah. shouldn't have had him there at all if he's not going to be partaking in the ghost busting of because he wasn't involved in the um he wasn't involved in the jackhammering and he wasn't there that night so that's why i guess he was just there for moral support i don't know yeah well it makes sense why but then also when 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 stuff happens right he could jump in and grab a proton pack and save the day and he's nowhere to be found right that's what i don't understand like where is he at when he when they're fighting the ghosts like i understand you know the answer you know the answer it no. was 1989, not 2021. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So sadly, unfortunately, uh, uh, African American uh, roles were not as as you know well written. Although I think given he's same. given a little more to do in this movie for sure than the first. I one. agree, but I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's good. It, well, first of all, Ernie Hudson. You, we've obviously both seen him in Ghostbusters, and we've seen him in many other movies. Mm-hmm. I can list many. He was a huge character actor in some big movies in the in the '90s: The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Congo, The Crow. Um, this movie, I don't know what it is about him, but he looks different than every other time I've seen him in a movie. He does look like thinner, maybe. Right? He, exactly. He looks thinner, and his hair looks. Th- he looks like. Do you remember? This was a popular actor in the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, Orlando Jones. Mm, what's he been in? Uh, the Time Machine, crappy movie, uh, Liberty Heights. He was okay. Remember in the late '90s, there was those commercials where he for Seven Up, where he walked around and said, "Make Seven Up Yours." And yeah, yeah, yeah. The front yeah, of the yeah, shirt yeah, said, yeah. "Make Seven. The back said, "Up Yours." Yeah, he does. That's yeah, I know Orlando Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like him. I remember thinking, like, why does he look like Orlando Jones? And I've never thought in any movie before or since that I've seen Ernie Hudson in that he looked like Orlando Jones. I think so Orlando I, Jones was in the Replacements, a football movie. Yes, that's right. He was in that. There you go. Okay, yeah. So. Um, he was very popular in like the late '90s, early 2000s, and then yep. he just disappeared, kind of like Chris Kattan. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, I don't know. Uh, but I just feel he looked like him with the hair and with the, the face a little thinner. Yeah, I don't know. I doesn't look like Ernie Hudson to me. Yeah, he did. He did look a little different in this movie. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so he's the, he's not he doesn't really take part in it. But great scene in in the courtroom. Um, we you know we had mentioned some of the comedic parts leading up to it then the judge basically goes nuts on them and tells them that uh you know they get they get uh some jail time and on sense of rikers island which i thought was a little bit much but uh i guess it's deserving um and then he goes on i don't know babbling but yelling and as he's yelling the slime that they uh, brought up from the river of slime starts bubbling and then the negative energy yep the negative energy yeah. yep is making it bubble and then next thing you know uh two ghosts appear the scoleri brothers the scoleri brothers <laughs> <laughs> um from what i've read online they were based their images were based off of the blues brothers which makes sense because one was chubby oh, and one was skinny yeah i never knew that okay. um, i thought you were gonna say siskel and ebert again like the two rabbits at the no, end of the crazy summer okay i don't think i don't think not, not that i know of um but yeah so then they have to fight them um great scene then putting on the proton packs they get the yeah they get their cease and desist uh taken away by the judge because he wants them yeah. to save them and, um, and they say that they say the do re egon again, and this time he's smiling. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that. That was good. Um, 
you know, just the scene of them, you know, catching the ghosts and everything. And then they have that little, you know, two in the box, ready to go. We be fast and they be slow. They be slow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a great classic Ghostbusters scene. Um, it is. And, yeah. and I, I, I think it's the best scene in the movie. And I feel that's a turning finish. point in the movie because from that point on, they're back. They're Ghostbusters again. And there's ghosts in New York again. Yeah, just like that. Uh, everything's back to normal. Um, yep. So here's my <laughs> That's beef. That's all it took. <laughs> here's my beef with the Ghostbusters 2 logo. Um, I get it as a movie logo, but why did they have to make their company logo a ghost holding up two fingers? Yeah, that's a little stupid. I, <laughs> I, that, I, you're right, and I thought about that, but... Uh, I, you could look past know. it. Yeah, that doesn't detract from my enjoyment of the movie. And mine either. Maybe, it's just one. Maybe of those they were hoping to make it so everyone could buy another Ecto one with the two on it, or the yeah, exactly house with the two on it. I can't think of why else they would do that. And I never got that one, and I wanted it. I remember. I still remember. And the only reason I remember I wanted it is because I don't know why I still remember this, but uh, I had a Christmas list, and I put Ghostbusters two car on my Christmas list. But I couldn't fit it all in one line, so it said Ghostbusters, and then two car was underneath it. And I, one of my friend came over and looked at my Christmas list, and he said, "What's two car?" And I don't know why that always <laughs> stuck out to me. And but, that's why you didn't get it. That's why. That's why I, Santa didn't yeah. bring it for you. And I never got. I never. I had the original Ecto one, but I never got the second one. And not that it was yeah. any big difference in it. Anyway, it's just like different stickers. But yeah, it was exactly. it was basically the same exact car, just some different stickers. Yes. Yeah. See, um, I had the Ecto one car, and I had the the house, the you know the the firehouse, the, yeah, the firehouse. But I don't know if it was from the movie or from the animated series. Everything was from the animated series. Then that's what I had. Yeah, the toys were all bait, and that's another thing I want to talk to you about. So the the animated series uh, was what well, all the toys were based off the animated series. Um, right. Now, the animated series kind of went along with the movie in a way in terms of like they were in a firehouse and Ecto-1 and all that. But um, in the show, I think Slimer lived with them, which they were going to incorporate that more into the movie, but they cut a lot of it out, I've read. I've heard um, that too, yeah. Uh, and they were going to do that because of the cartoon. Because the and, cartoon. And the other, yeah, the other major change was the appearance of Annie Potts. Um, and she it's was made, Janine. and she, she was, was made, made to, to look, look like Janine from the cartoon. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's uh, true. Yeah. Um, but what's weird is she had a crush on Egon in the first movie. And in this one, she's clearly after, uh, Lewis Tully. Uh, yes. Moranis's character. Very. I always thought that so. was a little, conf- I thought that was a little confusing. Um, but, yeah, I whatever. guess she's just a, a lonely girl in the city, and <laughs> first so. she tried struck out with Egon, so she so she had to uh, go to Lois for. Uh, yeah, this, Egon was one. not interested in any of her come ons. I love no. to read. Do you have any hobbies? <laughs> I collect spores, mold, and fungus. <laughs> Doesn't he say print is dead? <laughs> yes, he <laughs> does. <laughs> and this was 1984. He was ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was a montage about how they're back, and, uh, you know, the the new Ghostbusters 2 logo is, is, yeah, yeah, with a Run DMC song. Um, In fact, the the Ray Parker Jr. song. We talk about music. What were you going to say? The Ray Parker Jr. song is only used at the end of this movie, and very, very short little snippet of it. Because then they turn it into the, uh, I forgot, it's Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown. But Uh, I actually do like the Bobby Brown song they play at the end credits. And I remember the music video. The music video has Christopher Reeve in it and Donald Trump and a few other people. Really? Um, Yeah. Check out the... uh, 
back in town or on our own or back on our own. What's, uh, what's the name of the song? Yeah, I think it's on our own. Um, this is just uh, it's it's a good song. Check out the music video on YouTube. Yeah, you will I, see a very young Donald Trump and Christopher Reeve riding a bike, which maybe is a little sad now, but uh, you know he's they're well, just in the movie randomly in the music video randomly. Well, that's funny because the original Ghostbusters video by Ray, the song by Ray Parker Jr. That yeah. video is chock full of cameos of classic 80s people tons um, of famous people or beyond 80s danny devito uh oh, yeah, chevy chase uh yeah i guess it also had george went it had peter falk as columbo i forgot who mm-hmm. else jeffrey Car- tamber carly simon i think is in it i think carly simon or yeah someone else i forgot who the women are but there's definitely a, a number of there's a lot yeah there's a lot of popular cameos. The 80s. and all i know maybe random. one of them's marky post yeah i don't yeah. know but uh, yeah, that was that. That's a good video as well. Both are good videos, and both have random famous people in them. That I don't know. I feel it's even more random to have. Well, Donald Trump was a New York fixture at the time. Yeah, it so. makes sense that he would be in it. Uh, that Christopher makes Reeve. Sense. Christopher Reeve is very random, but yeah, he's Superman. I I don't know. Yeah. I guess he wasn't Superman in 1989, so I don't know. He's just in it for some reason. Um, um, yeah. So the so that song is it's okay. I know the song you're talking. I actually had the soundtrack on CD. Of this movie. No, I did not. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I did. I certainly didn't ask for it. I mean, I was only six or seven, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow I got it, and I probably still have it somewhere at my uh, my parent. My mom keeps a lot of those CDs, so I, I we okay. may still have that somewhere. But I remember not loving that soundtrack, um, just because at the time I didn't care about Bobby Brown and uh, Bobby Brown is in this movie. He has a cameo. He's the doorman at Gracie Manor or whatever. Gracie yes. Mansion. Yes. I did know that. And I know what part. I know you're like, you're right. That is him. Yeah. So. And that's also actually this movie is the first time the word proton pack is ever said. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, they, mm. they it, may, it may have been said in the cartoons prior to this, but it was not yeah, said in the first movie. It wasn't said in the original movie. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Um, so I see, I got a lot of research. On, I did a lot of research on this yeah, one. Yeah, all right. Well, this is, uh, well, we'll get to the end of how we feel about it, but I feel like this is, a, you know, a good, big, important movie, you know, not mm-hmm. as important as the first Ghostbusters, but this is the, really the only true sequel that movie ever had. Yeah. yeah and you can definitely. blame Bill Murray for why they didn't have a Ghostbusters 3. I know. I don't know why he's so against. I feel like he's like resentful of this role. All and this role made him who he is. Really, I mean, this was his as first a movie. as a huge star. Yeah, I mean, he had stripes before this. He had Meatballs, both Ivan Reitman films. You know, he had so he had other movies. He had Caddyshack, of course. I, right, this. but I feel like this movie elevated him. This was none of those movies were all hits, but none were. This was you know the way we talked about Top Gun and Tom right. Cruise. This is the movie that put Bill Murray on the map as being a huge movie star. Mm -hmm. And he's sort of, he's, you know, he's gotten older and he's changed and he's more of a supporting character actor now. But he could still lead a movie. He can Mm -hmm. still, I mean, he's Bill Murray, okay? He's not doing what Tom Cruise is doing, but he can still, you could put his name on a poster, you know, whether it's the first name or the fifth name, and he's going to be a draw. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, all right, so like I said, there's a montage about how they're back in business. Uh, Janine is back answering the phones for them. They got a new car. They got new outfits. They got the blue Ghostbuster uniforms, which are really only used during the montage. Um, and I think Winston has one on at one point, but um, they're not really Well, then used. later on, I guess they have those slime-proof uniforms yeah. or whatever they were. Yeah. Um, 
Then, I do, you were talking about toys. I do. The only Ghostbusters two exclusive toy that I remember having was the pink slime. The did you have the backpack? My friend had the backpack. I didn't have the the one that shoots the slime. I yeah, didn't yeah, have yeah. That. No, I didn't. I didn't have that. I had a regular proton pack like you probably had. Um, yeah, but I I, yeah. I I had the ghost the pit because I know I had the green slime, which was probably from the cartoon uh, or just merchandise from the cartoon, and then I had the pink slime, and I would play with those two together. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. I had the pink slime for some reason. Yeah. Um. So then um, they they put the they they're they're doing some studies on the mood slime. They put the mood sli- they put it in a toaster and they play um, uh, "Your Love Is Lifting Me Higher" and yep. it starts um, by Jackie Wilson and it starts uh, makes the toaster dance. Um, you could clearly see the toaster mechanism that's making it dance if you ever <laughs> if you really look. Um, you can okay. see the little springs in the legs that are it's popping it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but, um, I watched it on Blu-ray and I, uh, yeah, I guess I, okay. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't looking for it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, they visit the museum as the Ghostbusters, um, which I, I remember that scene from the trailer when he says, so do I, they're all lined up. Yep. They're all lined up and everyone turns to look at them. Um, and he says, sucking the guts boys were the Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. I, I remember that from the, that specifically that image. I don't remember anything yeah. else from the trailer, but I remember that image. Me too. Yeah, me too. Um, and they, they, they realize that something's off with this whole painting. Um, so they're, they're, you know, they're, they're starting to figure out that something's going on here. Um, back at Peter's uh, back at, uh, Dana's apartment, the tub tries to attack, uh, the baby. Well, that was kind of a freaky scene. It was a freaky scene. the The tub started filling up with slime, and then next thing you know, it mm-hmm. like you know, there was like a slime monster inside the tub. Mm-hmm. Um, so then she moves in with Peter. Um, they they go on a date. Um, and while the while they Peter and uh, Sigourney Weaver are going on a date, um, and and they get Lewis and and Janine to to babysit for them. Um, they, the other guys are going to, uh, find the river of slime and, uh, see if they can, uh, figure out, you know, more about that. Um, so I do love the scene where they are walking underground. Um, I love it for a few reasons. First of all, it's three ghostbusters that you really don't see very often. Cause it's not Peter, uh, Winston, yeah. it's Winston, Egon and Ray. Um, yeah. I, I love the scene where the train goes through Winston. <laughs> See, I thought that was a little... It was okay. I love I that. I, yeah. I think it's so funny because then uh, Egon goes up to him and is like, that was uh, some train that derailed in 1920 and killed hundreds of people. Did you happen to catch the number on the locomotive? And Winston's like, sorry, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> Once again, the way you make Fletch funnier than it actually was, you're kind of making me th- rethink this scene a little bit. Yeah, uh, um, yeah okay. and then they, um, they uh, th- that's where they first mention proton packs because they talk about going back to the car and getting the proton packs before they go any further. And then the other part... Now, this is the part that scared me as a kid. It was all the heads on the sticks. Mm-hmm. That didn't scare you at all? 
not not like the painting. Not I like guess. the painting. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This stuck I don't out know to me why. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Had I seen Indiana Jones before this? I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. I'm not sure. And um, and another reason why I like the scene. Winston's just getting picked on the whole time. First of all, the train runs through him, um, yeah. and then they all like shout their shout things. And they get an echo, and then when Winston shouts something, the ghost says, Winston. <laughs> so he's basically just being picked on the whole time he's down there. Because um, he's clearly the most afraid of the three. Um, so then they uh, they are they eventually find the um, the the river of slime and the, the, the little station that Ray found. Um, they go to put in a rope to see how deep it is. And it uh, then he Winston gets sucked in, and then the other guys jump in after him. Um, it leads right to the museum. They get out of the sewer, and they start almost fighting each other because that's when they realize that the slime is just basically concentrated evil. <laughs> and when it's on them, they start fighting, and they get angry. Um, so they get they, and they interrupt. Uh, yeah, the they get on. Right? They get undressed because they want it off them. And then they, um, yeah, they interrupt. in their long johns. Yeah, they go long... to a fancy restaurant with yeah. Bill Murray and uh, Dana Bar- Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Yep. They uh, they interrupt. Um, basically, they say, you know, how you know it goes right up to the museum, and you know it's it's bad news. They go to the mayor's office. They want to they want to get him in on it. He wants nothing. To, well, him and his little henchmen. Uh, want nothing Kurt to Fuller, do with it. Yeah. yeah, Kurt Fuller wants not. They want nothing to do with it. This and the Ghostbusters are talking about going to the press, and then Kurt Fuller is like, "Well, wait a minute. Before you go to the press, do you mind talking about talk, talking to some of our people?" And then, um, that then they, you know, by by they all agree to that. And then, uh, what he really meant by that was that he was going to have them committed. Um, and yeah, that's the where, next scene. They're in straight jackets yeah. and they're playing some dark music. I always remember thinking that scene went too dark. It was dark, yeah. It was, it was yeah, a like dark you know, scene. like they're screaming for help, and yeah, Bill Murray's still the one kind of like smarmy, like okay, whatever. Um, but uh, the other three are like you know, really, yeah, it, and the dark <laughs> music that goes with it, yeah, I, I didn't care for that. Uh, um, yeah. Um, now I did skip over the dark room scene where oh yeah, um, that's a good scene. That's the, right. Yeah, yeah, the pictures they they developed the pictures they took of Vigo, and it's instead of the picture the painting, it's his head with the river of slime um and then the pictures catch on fire and the door locks and they can't get out and winston has to save the day um Mm -hmm. so winston's basically the mvp of this movie um but he uh they definitely gave him more to do than definitely yeah um so he busts the door open with a fire hydrant and puts out the flames so that yeah that that was a that was a, a pretty cool scene that was, and I would say that was a scarier scene than the heads on the sticks. Of, oh, hey, whatever. Different stuff scares us, obviously. I'm yeah. scared by a painting. So, yeah, yeah. different uh, different stuff, yeah. Um, when, um, so now it cuts back to um, the babysitters, which are um, Lewis and Janine. Uh, he had a funny line where she goes, do you live alone? And he goes, well, I used to have a roommate, but then my mom moved to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> that is a funny line. Yes. Um, and then, you know, she's coming on to him real hard and then they start kissing. Um, and then Dana comes home after Peter gets arrested and, um, you know, they, they, uh, he, <laughs> Lewis is all like flustered. He's got like red lipstick all over his face. All over his face. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was funny. 
Mm-hmm. So the but they're, they're babysitting the babysitting the baby. The baby's fine, and then all of a sudden she gets the you know she realizes that um, or she goes in to check on the baby. Sigourney Weaver goes in to check on the baby, and the baby's missing. And she then the baby is like standing out on the ledge of the building, which as I'm sure a mother or any parent is terrified, and that's probably yeah. your worst. It's possible. a freaky scene. Yes, yeah, it is definitely. A and I think this was before Clapton's son died. Oh night. yeah, I think it is. Did I he fall out? A, he fell out a window on a skyscraper. I don't know if it was a skyscraper, but it was a window too tall. He shouldn't have been. Yeah, was, you know something similar. I'm sure if it was. If I was Eric Clapton, I would not want to watch that scene. I'll say that. Yeah, um, definitely. So uh, I don't remember exactly when his son passed away like that, but right. it was a similar situation for sure. Um, and, yeah, and then a weird, weird comes after that. It was, uh, you know, when he's standing there um, on the ledge. Say what comes next, because that I think that's. Well, go ahead. You you can say. Well, it's it's. A, a witch or an evil babysitter with Janosch's face and the long hand reaches out and pulls him. It's like, well, I don't I've never quite known how to feel about that. It's like they combined Wizard of Oz with Janosch with Ghostbusters. It's kind of like a weird, I don't know. What do you think? Did you think that was effective? Or so just I, weird didn't, or? I didn't realize that was Janosch until this time. That I watched. Really? It. You see the eyes and the face? He looks like I a never, demon. <laughs> I just always thought it was like an evil babysitter. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I, did, I didn't yeah. put two and two together that that was Janosch until this time I looked. I was like, oh she my God. She even says it's Janosch, doesn't she? She does say it's Janosch, but I just thought she meant like it's Janosch. He's behind, He's behind it all. this. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't realize that it was actually him. It's clearly his Peter face. McNichol's face. This time you know? I definitely, yeah, yeah, this time I definitely was like, oh my God, yeah. how did I not ever realize this? It's um, weird, though, right? It is a Why? weird scene. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what to make of it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was just a way to kidnap the baby and move the plot along, basically. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, okay, whatever. A lot of lot of effort and CGI went into that. So yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, so after that happens, they, um, uh, they bring the... Uh, well, the Ghostbusters are, are locked up now, so no one's fighting these ghosts. The ghosts are running wild, uh, and it's getting more, it's getting worse and worse because now Vigo is, I guess, starting to uh, morph into this baby, or now they have a baby, so maybe like it's, I don't know if that's why it's getting worse. But you, they, there's a shot of the slime making its way to the surface, and yes. um, covering the museum, right? Covers we're, the. We're mu- not up to that yet. Not yeah. yet, but it's it's getting there. Um, but it's the scene where you know there's there's ghosts everywhere. Um, the Titanic just arrived. Cheech Marin is in it. <laughs> that's the Cheech cameo. Yeah, yeah the Cheech, Cheech cameo. cameo. Better late than never. Um, and that's and that's also the scene where we see Philip Baker Hall, where he's in like some office or something. He's a cop. Yeah, he's a, he's one yeah, of the cops. Cop. Yeah. yeah. Um, all the cops are are like you know freaking out because um, you know they're getting all these calls. Um, the lady with a mink coat walks by, walks into it, and then the coat comes alive. That's a cool scene. It I is always a cool thought scene. that was a cool scene. I read that that was a leftover scene from the first one. Oh, that makes that sense. That they never, okay. not, not not that it was shot, but the idea. Um, the idea, yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, so you know, the ghosts are running wild. The sky looks weird, and the mayor looks and sees it, and then decides, like, he wants the Ghostbusters, and that's when you find out that Kurt Fuller locked him up without his permission. So yeah. he gets, he fires him, 
And so, <laughs> I had a funny line there. I spent an hour on the phone last night with Fiorello LaGuardia, and he's been dead for 40 years. <laughs> and I definitely didn't know who Fiorello LaGuardia was then, but I know who he is now. now. I know who he is, right. Yeah, As a okay. kid, I had no idea. That could have been I had name, no yeah. idea. Yeah, um, that was a funny line. Um, but uh, And basically, Kurt Fuller is the, I, guess, I think the actor's name is William Atherton, the guy who uh-huh. was also in uh, Die Hard, basically playing the same character he played in Ghostbusters. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Uh, as the EPA agent, what was his name? William Peck. Peck. Yeah, William, William Peck. Peck. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah, um, yeah. He's basically that character. Yeah. Um, so he, um, yeah, it's definitely Peck is the last name. I don't know if it's definitely William, but I think it yeah, is. Peck. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Wal- it might be Walter. Walter Peck. Peck. Walter Peck. Walter yeah. Peck. I think Walter sounds. right. Yeah, Walter yeah. sounds right. Um, so yeah, that's who he's basically that character. Um, so the Ghostbusters are freed. They uh, go to the museum. The museum is now covered in, in slime. Oh, because Dana goes there to get her baby back. Dana goes there goes to get her there. baby back. So, yep. yeah. Once she goes and then the doors there, close yeah. real dramatically. You're like, and bam, s- when she walks in. And yeah. slime and drips when the down. Slime comes yeah, down. slime yeah. drips down the doors. Because before it's just a revolving door. So right. then something comes down really loud. Uh, so you're low. Ooh, there's no turning around now at this point. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so the, it's covered in slime. The guys they can't um, they can't get it, so um, they um, they the, the Ghostbusters try to shoot the slime off. It doesn't come off, so they don't know what to do. And then they have the epiphany of using the Statue of Liberty because it's on the license plate on the car. Yeah, and they, I like those old New York license plates. So do I. Yeah, much better I than the ones now. Are- yeah, the the yeah, I agree. They've had several since then. But there, there's multiple ones like in use right now. I see yellow ones. I see white and blue white ones. ones see, yeah. yeah, blue and yellow, blue and orange. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I I like the old '80s, and I think they discontinued that around the time of like the late '80s, early '90s. I think every ten years or something, a state's supposed to change the license plate or something. Oh really? So. I feel like New Jersey's have been the same for. Forever. Well, we were blue for a long time. Yeah, but that was... Def- and then we've... Yeah. Yeah, but now we've kind of been the same for <laughs> 25 years, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, yeah, New York's definitely changed theirs more than New Jersey has. Yeah. So, I, whatever. Different states may have different rules about their license plates. That's true. So, yeah, so... But I do um, miss the old New York with the Statue of Liberty in the middle. Right. Um, so, then they go to the Statue of Liberty. They coat the inside. They put speakers through it, and they coat the inside with... Uh, some positively charged slime, yep. and they use a Nintendo. I forget what it's called. Advantage pattern. I had one of those. You know that I'm talking about that. That yeah, joystick. I didn't have one. Yeah, I yeah. had one. Of I those. remember the power glove. It wasn't the power. No, glove. it was definitely not the power. The power glove was terrible. But um, <laughs> it was like a big yeah joystick, big buttons. I remember having it. Um, I think it was called the NES Advantage, if I'm right. But uh, if anyone's a NES fanatic, look that up. But um. Anyway, so they use that to control it. They start playing Jackie Wilson again. Your love is lifting me higher. What are your thoughts on the Statue of Liberty scenes? I like it. It's pretty... I wouldn't say it's iconic, because I don't know if much about this movie is iconic, but it was a good scene. I like it. I don't dislike it. I like how it gets them in there, you know. That symbol of liberty is going to bash evil, you know. So Mm -hmm. I liked it for that. As a kid, I remember liking it. Um, more so than I mean, yeah, I, I thought I still I think it's fine. Um, but yeah. as a kid, I remember thinking it was you know funny and cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they use Statue of Liberty to get to the museum. As they get closer, the the slime starts to give way, and they're able to bash into the skylight. Um, and the Ghostbusters come in to save the day, and they have, um, you know, there's the baby. And Vigo, Vigo finally steps yeah, out of the painting. Vigo, well, Vigo's face is starting to appear on the baby's face. Um, that baby, those babies aren't very cute. <laughs> I was going to say, it's twins. And they were twins. Ugly, yes. ugly babies. Like Dusseldorf, Duchendorf is the Duchendorf, last name or something. Yeah, like something like very German-sounding yeah. last name, yeah. Ugly, ugly babies, I do agree, yeah. Um, so. So the uh, the the um, face starts to appear on the baby, and then um, yeah. So they basically they have to uh, they, they they slime Janosch with the positive slime. Then they start to they take the baby away, but then Vigo comes out of the painting and uh, is unleashing some force on them that's you know knocking them out. Um, well, there's that cable or twisty thing that ties up Dana. Or yeah, it's like a hose that yeah, just comes out of nowhere. Comes out of nowhere, ties yeah. Dana up. Um, the the Ghostbusters are pretty incapacitated, um, but then they start uh, shooting the painting and shooting the uh, uh, people start singing um, uh, all all Lang Syne. That's and right. Yes, that's yeah. that the the good spirit starts to put him into back into the painting, and then they start shooting the painting with the proton packs and the yeah. positive. Ch- and also, slime. doesn't Bill Murray? Uh, Bill Murray says some incendiary things about only a Carpathian would do. So he yeah. says something that gets him distracted or gets him mad. And oh, you forgot to talk about how Ray gets. Uh, well, earlier well, on, you see. I was Ray just going to say, yeah, Ray. Yeah. Ray turns in Vigo, then possesses Ray because they had a moment earlier in the movie. Um, yeah. It's kind of stupid and didn't really. That is, I agree. It, it didn't really do anything, honestly. and it looked bad on Ray. It just looked like he had like those little horns coming out. It didn't look like Vigo. It looked silly. It looked like yeah. It was, all of a sudden, it turned into a Muppet. Thing, a yeah, dark it was. Crystal it was weird. Thing, yeah. It was weird and pointless. Um. So then. Um. Yeah, and so then they slime you know, Ray. They, they, slime they slimed him uh, and, Peter McNichol, Janos. Yeah. yeah, and then you know the painting is destroyed, and there goes Vigo. Um, and then there's a new painting in its place, which is like a Renaissance painting of the Ghostbusters. And is the baby in it, or it's just the four Ghostbusters? No, it's the four Ghostbusters and the baby. Right, right. So the four Ghostbusters and the baby, and they're mm-hmm. like in like togas, looking heavenly. Yeah, like yeah, Roman, yeah. Roman gods or something, Greek gods. Greek, you know, so. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then um, you know they come out, and everyone's cheering. Um, I did skip a little sidebar because it was really kind of dumb and and felt shoehorned in there. But the whole Lewis, what, the whole I love you thing. The no. Which oh, Lewis becoming a Ghostbuster. Yeah, Lewis okay. becoming a Ghostbuster and um, taking the bus to get to the museum and Slimer's driving the bus and I didn't know you had your license. Um, and then you know shooting yeah. at the slime. It's unnecessary, I, but they wanted to give Rick Moranis something to do. Yeah, it was so. fine, but it was Who just yeah. Him? Yeah. Um, and they they he's shooting the slime on the outside, and when the Ghostbusters kill Vigo and all the slime disappears. Everyone outside thinks that Lewis was the one that did it. Uh, what was the I love you thing? Was that Sigourney Weaver? 
No, at the end, when it's like, remember how they're all getting, when the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man blows up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Covered in marshmallow. This one, Dan Aykroyd and Peter McNichol get up and they're covered oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah. So, I love you. I love you. You know what? I love you guys. <laughs> and you just keep saying it. They just keep saying, I love you. It was the same kind. They were trying to duplicate that ending and it just wasn't as good. No, no, it wasn't. And then they come out and everyone's cheering. And then, um,. Uh, then there's like the, over the credits, uh, there's like a scene of I guess they're getting the Ghostbusters are getting the key to the city and the Statue mm-hmm. of Liberty is backward belongs on the pedestal and yeah, um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, um, yeah, it just sort of ends a little abruptly. Yeah, I always thought the last scene before the credits roll over the action that's when they come out is the painting of the four of them. So yeah, um, would you like me to give the fan theory now on Ghostbusters yes. two? Yes. Okay, so now there is a fan theory, and Dan Aykroyd raised occult books. We know Dan Aykroyd is kind of into supernatural and believes in occult and, you know, a lot of ghosts and... In real life, Dan Aykroyd the actor. In real life, Dan Aykroyd the actor is in this real life, not Ray Stance. The actor is, you know, very, very, really believes in all this stuff. There's a theory. Now, I'll give you my opinion, and I think Dan Aykroyd's like... Yes, that make a, he confirms it. Okay, I don't. I think this may be by accident. There's a fan theory that at the end of Ghostbusters one, when they cross the streams and they say, "Don't do that," you're gonna, you know, yeah, that they die. They save the city, but they die, and everything after that is their imagination. And now here they're in purgatory, and they have to do this. You know, to prove that and then that they can get into heaven. So the Ghostbusters are actually dead. And this is them you going, you know, into the next level of the afterworld, <laughs> afterlife. Go, I'm serious. I'm not making this up. I'm not that I, I believe you, yeah. Okay, yeah. So they have to do this to prove that they deserve to get into heaven. And they have to save this kid and say and really correct the the wrongs from the first movie because the first movie they saved the city but they all died but now they have to you know save a child and by doing that then they can and the picture of them like in the togas in the room that's them in heaven so they got into heaven mm-hmm. and they're dead this whole time the, the that's the fan theory dan Aykroyd has come out and confirmed that's what he intended i don't believe dan Aykroyd. i don't either Okay, I think that's a happy accident for him. I think that this was a sequel where everyone wanted to make more money. Yep. And they did. And they wanted to make... The Columbia Pictures wanted to make money off the merchandising. And they did. And it's a summer blockbuster. But I think it's a good summer blockbuster. So that's the fan theory that I wanted to touch on. You had never mm-hmm. heard that before? I have not, no. Okay. Um, well, right. it's something to think yeah, about. So it, think it kind about, of, yeah. it adds, and it works. There's, there's it's, YouTube yeah. videos on it about how it works. So there's layers to it. It's not just shoehorned in there. I don't know if, how perfectly it does work, but it does make sense. So if they were going for that, they should have told someone or made it a little more obvious or yeah, something. And it's, not just it, that's too... shrugged their shoulders after the fact when the, you know, the critics were ripping it apart. No one said this until the age of the internet, I'll mind you, or at least to the best of my knowledge. Okay, now it's you know out there and you could research this you know, and watch YouTube videos about it. 
So. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fan theories about a lot of movies. I feel Correct. like, and yeah. my thought is always, if you have to look that hard into it, it's not what the, anyone intended. Um, and like, and like anyone, Kevin, Kevin McAllister's the Saw Killer. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, all right, well, interesting fan theory. And, and exactly, those are it's interesting. Fun, those are always fun it's to It's something think to think about. Yeah. yeah, and this was, and the Ghostbusters 2 was a big hit the summer of 1989, but it wasn't the biggest hit. Batman was the biggest hit yeah. that summer. But this, I mean, I guess this was supposed to be, but negative word of mouth. And I also think, for some reason, Batman, if you remember, that captured the cultural zeitgeist in a way that Ghostbusters hadn't. Okay, Karate Kid Part 3 also came out that summer as well. So, 1984, Karate Kid 1, huge movie. 86, sequel, huge movie. Third one, eh, no one really cared at that point. So. No, yeah, um, they were funny yeah, so by was, that point. It was a big, big, yeah, Lethal Weapon 2, huge movie that summer. So, I mean, Ghostbusters 2 definitely made a lot of money, but it wasn't the cultural phenomenon that the first film started. And it's tough to duplicate that. You know, it is. It really is. Yeah, no, so, I know. Even, yeah, however you feel about Batman Returns and Batman Forever, they didn't quite capture the original Bat, the magic of the original Batman, I think. Right. So, no, I agree. Um, yeah, or the, the cultural impact that that movie had that I guess we're still feeling today, you know, with look at DC and comic book movies and Marvel and, you know, it, it kind of, you know, started, I guess, with Superman first uh, 10 years, 11 years earlier. But Batman was a big, you know, game changer for movies and blockbuster yep. movies and comic book movies. So, um, So let's talk about this one now. Is this movie, now that you've seen this obviously many times as have I as a child, um, and now seeing it as an adult, is this movie a real big mistake? Absolutely not. I think it's, I still enjoy it. Is it as good as one? No. But few things are. That's why the idea of doing a remake or the reboot, whatever they did with the girls, was just... I mean, I, I liked it at the time, but you knew it was going to be an exercise in failure. And I feel like the prestige surrounding Ghostbusters, it's reached that classic status, whereas maybe 1989, 1990s, it wasn't as revered. Now it's looked at as one of the greatest movies of the 80s or one of the greatest comedies of all time. So you can't top that. But this is the next best thing. It's a pure sequel. It's the closest thing. And it's the only sequel we're ever going to really have. I, I want to see Afterlife. I hope it's good. It's Obviously, it's going to be It's a generation different. Okay? Because right. the son is directing the movie, for crying out loud. Uh, Harold Ramis is dead. Louis Tully, uh, Rick Moranis is retired. So I don't know what we're going to get with it, but we could just cross our fingers and hope for the best, like we did with the female Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. But no, this is... It's a continuation. You could say it's unnecessary. Necessary, you could say. Uh, I would. I don't think anyone in their right mind would say it's better than the first movie. But I still think it has enough good. And if you like these characters and you like the world they created, and it's still good, Bill Murray, good Dan Aykroyd, good Sigourney Weaver, uh, really good movie all around. It's but it's it's not gonna you know compete with and be better than the first movie. So if that's what you're expecting and that's what you're judging it by, I. That's just silliness to me. So I definitely think it's not a real big mistake. And the critics were unfair. Uh, But like I said, 1989 was a great year for movies. So maybe if I saw Born on the Fourth of July, Do the Right Thing, and uh, I don't know, uh, Batman, and then I saw this, this is the worst movie of those four movies for sure. So I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, it's not a real big mistake. They were too harsh on it. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. It's not a real big mistake. I think uh, even, you know, obviously I have this movie was important to me f- for my childhood and, mm-hmm. and I remember loving it um, and I still can watch it and I still think it's a good movie. Um, it's not anywhere near as good as the first one, but it's still fun. It has its moments. It has a few great scenes. Um, I, I, like you s- said uh, earlier, this movie... Uh, doesn't have that icon anything iconic about it. It's just a yeah. serviceable Ghostbuster movie. Exactly. Um, whereas the first one, you know, like Vigo is not uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, you know, and um, maybe even the even not really even the Statue of Liberty walking at the end. I don't think that ever lived up to what they wanted it to be. I guess they were trying to make that the Stay yes. Puft Marshmallow yeah. Man. Yeah, Vigo was just the villain. Yeah, he was. He, Vigo was supposed to be Zool. I yeah, suppose. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, he. You know, it wasn't very scary. Not that the first one was very scary either, but I felt like it was a little toned down in this one, um, and and a little more kid friendly. As I watched it as an adult, um, I, I felt that I noticed maybe that maybe some of the dialogue jokes were more friendly because I do think some of the images, you know, like the stuff in the subway you mentioned, yeah, uh, well, the, the the scene in the dark room. Vigo, anything with Vigo, that Vigo painting is that that is yeah that definitely was freaky yeah. to me as a kid. So. And and the, well, it's just more compa- when compared to the first one. The first one was not made for kids really I, at all. I don't think um, it, it was. It, it was, was going for PG. It was going for everybody. Yeah, Maybe for everybody, five right. or six year old kids, but everybody, and it ended up being embraced by you know young because we saw it right. at a young age. Um, because it was just a good, like Back to the Future. It's just a good movie. I certainly didn't understand all the plot character nuances in Back to the Future when I first saw that around the same time I saw Ghostbusters. But I knew what was going on. I liked mm-hmm. it. I was happy. I was. It was exciting. It was fun. Same thing with Ghostbusters. Yep. So uh, it, that they you know go together for, or Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost right, Ark. Exactly. I didn't pick up on a lot of the stuff between Indy and Marion and whatnot. But I just knew what was going on. I knew he was the hero. There was a lot of action. I was excited and having fun watching it, and that was it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's 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 a good movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I agree. Good movie. Um, not a real big mistake. Um, not a great movie, but a good movie no. and yeah. um, a fun movie. And like you said, good Bill Murray. Good to see you. You know the the Ghostbusters back. Um, and you know, yeah. Good movie. And you know um, how some sequels completely crap on the original? I'm thinking Analyze This, Analyze That, or Caddyshack 2, or this feels like it complements the original. No, it's right. not as good, but it's still good. Kind of like Back to the Future 2 and 3. They're right. not necessary, but they're still good. They're still, mm-hmm. you know, not everything is going to be Godfather 2 or Empire Strikes Back or The Dark Knight. But uh, they're, you know, they're complementing the original. And, you know, they think certain sequels weren't meant to be. You know, Lucas had a trilogy. He actually had whatever, the six, nine movie stories. Nine, yeah. You know, so he had, you know, but he, I'm just saying he had a big plan and he was taking it one step at a time. Right. Uh, Godfather was based on the book and they sort of just filmed the middle of the book. Then they added some stuff at the end and then they showed the beginning. So it's a different, you know... 
kind of think Star Trek, okay? They managed to do things with two that they couldn't do with one. Um, and that's why Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan is such a great sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, so this wasn't, it didn't come from that kind of, you know, novel or there wasn't a, you know, previous work. It was just an idea, okay, that Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis and Ivan Reitman had and they put it together. And you know who was originally supposed to be Peter Venkman, right? Um, Jim Belushi? John Belushi. John, yes. sorry. Yes. Okay, yeah, and then he died, of course, and Bill Murray uh, stepped in. And I can't imagine anyone else playing him other than Bill Murray. No, definitely so, not. Yeah, like you said, it's what made his career, and he's been Bill Murray, you know, huge, huge, you know, talented actor and movie star ever since. So. Yep. So, no, it is not a real big mistake. And once again, we agree. Two yeah. weeks in a row, Two we weeks. agree. This is impressive, yeah. All right, so that does it for Ghostbusters 2. Um, I guess we'll see in a few weeks how Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, lives up to uh, the other two first, the first two Ghostbusters and see how you know good of a, a sequel or uh, the third film and I don't know if it's going to be a trilogy now or whatever, but um, we'll see how it, how it stacks up with, against those when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so next week, do you have your movie? I do, and I am picking this movie. It's a movie I've wanted to do for a while on this podcast, but I, I almost picked something else. But I'm gonna wait. It's it's. I hope that you respond to the movie I pick with a movie the following week that I hope you'll figure out that I want you to pick. <laughs> so I'm not gonna tell you what that is, but the the movie that I'm gonna say I haven't told you. The movie that you that I want you to pick, I want you to figure out, we've discussed before about doing on this podcast. And I want to let you have that pick. But I hope you follow it up right. with what we're going to be watching next week. We're going to be watching what I consider one of the best movies of the 1990s that is sadly considered rotten. And uh, it's it's very very it's not as talked about today as it was back in the nineties, um, and it's also written by someone who wrote another movie that we talked about on this podcast. So next week, uh, look around. You know what I see? A bunch of natural born killers. All right, I have not seen that. You have never seen Natural Born Killers. All right, nope. well, we are going to get to see it. I have the director's cut if you want to watch that. Uh, it's only two or three minutes longer, but it does make a difference, I think. Okay. So uh, just uh, whatever. Something to think about. But uh, So next week, we're going to be looking at Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers. All right, very good. All right, so that does it for this week. Um, we'll sign off. Um, my name is Rich Tola. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Real Big Mistake and on Instagram at Real Big Mistakes with an S. All right. And I'm Jason Konigsberg of panandslam.com. You could list all my podcasts, read all my reviews and articles at www.panandslam.com. Follow me on Twitter at Jason K. Critic. Live long, prosper, and watch movies. All right. Thanks for hanging with us. <laughs>